Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, Welcome in to another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? How we doing, gentlemen? Patriots got a good first win. Feeling I'm happy. A little better after week two than after week one? A little, yeah. a little. The pressure is off just a wee bit. A wee bit? This was a an absolute demolishment of everything New York Jets. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, I mean... I don't know how much of it was Patriots playing good or just... Ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. Ghosts. Zach Wilson, you know, it's really a tale of two quarterbacks. Like, okay, here's clearly a team that took their first-round draft pick and is like, all right, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, we're going to really rein this kid in. We're going to let him get comfortable and confidence before we let him make really big throws. We'll give him occasional opportunities, but we're there. It's like... We really don't want you to throw a pick. Don't mess up with the football, whatever that means to you. Stay within your grasp versus the Jets. Uh, Robert Sala, new head coach, is just to simply, no, oh, do, you know, let it fly, kid. Do whatever you think is necessary, which we're seeing kind of a lot out of a lot of rookies this year. And holy shit. Yeah. It just got bad. It was bad to worse to, like, horrible. Pretty hilarious. They're, uh, the Jets' first two possessions, they started with a run play on both of them and averaged – over 10 yards per carry on those two plays. Yeah. Immediately then went to pass plays and averaged an interception per pa- pass play. Yeah. First two passes of the game were picks. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of what they do down there. It's just, just draft quarterbacks high and ruin them. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know how much you like Zach Wilson. Yeah, I, I like him, you know, but, man, he looks like he's been thrown to the wolves. He's making bad decisions. He looks like the pressure is on just forcing things. I mean, there was one guy in the flat there. I think it was Elijah Moore, and he decided to go deep or deeper yeah. to uh, Corey Davis. He looked like he really wanted to get the ball to Corey Davis all day. Um, I think that one was picked by Phillips. Um, and we got we kept getting points off of those turnovers. I think we got a touchdown, field goal, field goal, the first three interceptions, and then and they just kept on coming. Some of them, the last one that he threw, there was no one within 10 yards. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, that was real um, bad. I feel bad for the kid. Um, you know, I know he's been pressured a lot. The Patriots got some good pressure on him, but a lot of those were just hesitance, bad decision-making, and it had nothing to do with the pressure. He was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed that I just kept mentioning during the game was he, I, I never saw him interact with one teammate, talking about Zach Wilson. Interesting. I, you yeah. just see him, and part of it is like, yeah, you, you probably don't want to go up to your teammates and be like, sorry, I threw my third interception, and it's only the first half. You don't want to have that conversation, but also none of his teammates came up to him that I saw during the broadcast. Maybe some did, but I'm like, yeah, do they even like him? Does he like them? Like, is there yeah. any relationship there? Uh, yeah. It sounds like there might be some veracity to it because I, I can't remember a single time again struggling throwing four picks should have been really five um it was one jonathan jones should have had on the on the sideline there but i mean mm-hmm. holy shit um i guess don't talk to him when when he, you don't want to talk to a guy when he's struggling like that but yeah maybe I'll watch it keep your eye on that as you go that's a pretty good point I yeah and, and then on you know for mac jones on the other sideline every single play in series he comes out of the game for whatever reason josh mcdaniels is up his ass 
<laughs> you know, Josh McDaniels is there with him on the bench. He's there with him on the sideline. You, you know, we might see a couple shots of Mac truly by himself throughout the game, but he is always, you know, surrounded by Josh or another receiver or something. So completely different than, um, you know, good old Zach there. He got crushed too. Four sacks. I mean, they were kind of late in the game. But like you said, I don't know what they were doing. The run game or run defense kind of seems like it's becoming an issue for us. They ran 31 times for 152 yards. Uh, that seems like a lot, but it really wasn't in terms of the flow of the game. They could have ran a lot more, and it probably would have been much better for them. Yeah. At a certain point when you're up like up 15 going into the fourth quarter, and they, they don't want to throw the they don't want to throw the ball anymore. So they're just happy to run it and not throw any more picks. And we're happy to let them run it and make the clock go away. But yeah, yeah it could be it could be an issue. I could see that they gashed us up. I mean they they gashed us up and they, they just lost their starting left tackle and their offensive line in general isn't great. So yeah, they were moving the ball in the run game against us. It was like they were really just trying to get Zach some confidence. That's what it that's what it felt like. Um, because every time they ran, especially in the first quarter, nine yards, 13 yards, six yards, seven yards, and immediately after they'd try to throw the ball and it would just be an interception. Um, <laughs> Literally. Even one, of, even one of his big co- completions on the day uh, was Elijah Moore wide open, no one within 15 yards of him up the left sideline. And he got him. It was like a 30-yard play, but it was a bad throw. It should have been a touchdown. He he let him almost out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, and yep. Even though that was a big completion, it was still like, hey, that's a touchdown. You know what I mean? And you left that out there. Totally. So, yeah, we, we knew going into the game that the Jets' offense was going to struggle given their limitations on the offensive line, injuries there, and just the way that the Patriots were able to match up with them. On the other side of the ball, the Pats were, I don't know, mediocre on offense. And if you if you get four takeaways in a game, you should score 20 points. And so, yeah, I mean, easily. Easily. Yeah. So on, on top of that, I would have expected more plays. The one thing that was just driving me nuts about Mac Jones in this game was taking deep sacks in the absolute worst part of the field. It happened right off the bat in the first possession of the game. Got the ball on the 30-yard line. He takes a 10-yard sack on third down. It's yeah. the one thing you can't I mean, that besides fumbling the ball or throwing an interception, it's the one thing you can't do. Tom Brady was always and still is a master of like the two-yard sack. He'll take the sack, but he'll do it by stepping up in the pocket, and right. you don't you don't knock yourself out of that field goal range. And so those three sacks, twenty-seven yards, some of them came in the worst part of the field. That really stuck with. Yeah, well, part of that, as I'm sure we'll get into more, is the you know right tackle Durant was started the game. I mean, he got absolutely destroyed several times. Like, holy crap, did he get destroyed? Um, that dude Franklin, uh, what the hell's his name? Myers. Franklin Myers, Myers yeah. was just abusing him at the beginning of the game and one of those led to that really deep sack there where mac was just not expecting the pressure that quickly which is fine rookie mistake it's going to happen and then they put in heron who did a little better but still was an issue i mean we it sounds like trent brown's coming back this week which is great hopefully yandy could juiced sounded like he was in last week and they just didn't want to give him the uh the run at it for whatever reason i don't really understand that um Hopefully he comes along because Durant just doesn't cut it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it was Hopefully Iran can build on last year. There was two plays in the second quarter, both in the same drive, where he gets smoked off the line. Smoked. Uh, Mac fumbles, and, and Durant is 
he's lucky he's chasing the guy because the ball falls right at his feet and he's right there to pick it up. And then he allows another sack to a different uh, rusher like two plays later. Um, really, you know, Mac Jones had some questionable moments, some slow decisions in this game. It was a lazy toss off the back foot to Janu that could have been a pick. Uh, There's a couple times he threw the ball in the flat to both Harris and White where he could have gotten neither one of them injured. Just got got him lit up, you know, left the ball up there, and mm-hmm. there was a there was a DB coming in that could have smashed him both times. Uh, there was one where Myers was in the in the flat doing a little bubble screen to the left, and he hesitated for like a two count, and then threw him the ball. It was it was it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on on the plus side, Harris looked good, and White looked unbelievable. Um, he had a huge thirty four yard screen. Uh, some great runs, a really nice. I think it was like a, a 15-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good things going on with the backs. Yeah, uh, running games coming along. Like you said, James White really has improved this year over last year, back to his normal self. I don't know if he was dealing with an injury or whatnot. Damian Harris, highlight run there. Didn't do much all game, then got about a 25-yard run, scuttled to the touch for a touchdown, ran through like seven or eight guys. It was just a beautiful run. It was you know, they weren't feeding him the ball a ton as much this game, so it was nice to see him do that. You know, the tight ends still, it's its odd. its they, they don't get involved as much, and I don't know what that is. Like, Hunter Henry had two receptions for 42 yards, and I feel like, you know, it says four targets here. It didn't feel like four targets. Uh, and, you know, when we get in the red zone, its it's surprising to me. I know they want to keep Mac, you know, in good spirits. They don't want to have him make a big game-changing play that'll be a negative for him but like someone like hunter henry like why isn't he getting one target in the end zone you know we're running it consistently in the end zone yeah uh, in the red zone i feel it like it was kind of a blowout by that it, it was but i mean it wasn't a blowout for long you know i feel I think, like the third once we got into the the second half we started pulling away from him a little bit but it was it was a little sketchy there for a little bit mm-hmm yeah, as far as the fourth quarter, I know a lot of people are talking about how we uh, just kept running the ball there in the last... In the fourth the last, quarter, I understand. Yeah, um, and not try, not trying to get the ball into the end zone. And one of the knocks on Mac Jones right now is that he hasn't thrown the ball into the end zone. But, you know, keep the reins on the kid. Look around the league. Look yeah. at what Trevor Lawrence and look at what the guy they played. You know, you don't want to be too... Keep the reins on the kid. Keep his feet grounded. There's yeah, no reason to force anything. A long uh, season. I don't, hey, I like the way he's playing winning football right now. So, you know, you take the good and the bad, and, and the time to be aggressive, it, it will come. It should definitely come. Yeah, you make a great point. You look around the league, look at what Justin Fields forced into action this weekend. Looked so-so. I mean, marvelously athletic, but so-so as, at the quarterback position. Uh, the things that are going on in Jacksonville, New York, not so great for the rookie quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with what they're doing with Mac. Josh McDaniels comes out this week and says he's got no limitations. He's got ultimate confidence in Mac. And yeah. I mean, Bullshit. you kind of have to say it. Yeah. What are you going to say? I don't have full confidence in him? No, he's a, he's a young guy and he's yeah. learning things. And I want him to, we want him to be comfortable before, you know, instead of playing like the guy that we just played. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Literally. It's all you have to say. Did you see the other guy today? Is that what, is that better? Yeah, it's borderline career ruining. You know what I mean? Like, well, that that takes a that takes weeks off weeks of positivity off of it. Yeah, what do you think Zach Wilson's confidence level is right now? You know, nothing. You're almost better off benching that kid and letting him get right. 
You know what I mean? Before you throw him back out to the Wolves, and it just gets worse and snowballs. Well, that's that, that's what people were saying. Apparently, the Jets really don't have a veteran quarterback at all. They don't like their backup is another like first or second year player. Everyone, you know, people are saying, "What? You know, why would you put so much pressure on that?" They so, and they came out and said in the off season that they didn't want to do that. Uh, bring in a more experienced backup quarterback because they wanted to make sure that Zach Wilson was comfortable and everything. Versus, I mean, the tried and true lesson of learn from a veteran like yeah learn how and it's to do like it. it's good to keep it's you know we're we're trying mac out because he was better than our backup understandable we also you know hoyer's nothing great but at least he's there some kind of safety blanket hopefully and he's but, a professional so and he's a professional he's been there for years yeah he knows the playbook and stuff and right yeah uh, zach wilson has no one to learn from and he didn't have to it, like uh, there's something to say about the competition of the whole position too it's like don't you want to see that guy go beat someone out for the position instead of just go, here you go, you got it, that's it, go out there and do what you can, kid, versus Mac had to come in, he had to beat two veteran quarterbacks uh, that had been in the system, uh, even though Cam was only in it for a year, but like he had to come and outplay these guys and win the starting job. And that alone gives you more confidence to be like, okay, I can do this. So, yeah, Zach Wilson, good luck, dude. I mean, yeah. horrible start to the – this is NFL career, yeah. Which I can't really remember, but historically, that's not a good sign, right? Like Guys. I know Peyton, Peyton no. wasn't great in his first year, and Andrew Luck was like, so, like, but they were okay. Like they had their good and their bad. It wasn't like, right? Andrew Luck was good. He was good. He was he good was right good. away. Peyton Manning set the record for passing yards as a rookie. He did well. Yeah. yeah so doesn't look good for the Jets in there. Or usually, the usually rookie quarterbacks do not fare very well. They usually. It breaks them in the second year. No, I know, but it's I mean, best if they can. It's changing a little bit the last few years, but it's best normally, historically, if they can sit a year and then come in. Uh, Mac absolutely. Jones is a little bit of a different kind of guy because he's so accurate and he's so efficient that it doesn't really hurt you having him in there. Um, one thing I would yeah. say that is very worrying um, for Zach Wilson is right now he's his pressure percentage is the second highest in the NFL. 35.4 and he looks like he's almost creating the pressure himself by moving around too much um he's not taking the quick easy throw he's holding the ball no, too he's long. Not. and i mean you you look around some of these plays guys guys are open he's just waiting too long to get rid of the ball and yeah. oh by the way Jameis winston's number one and we play them next week so <laughs> oh great Pretty good that's awesome yeah yeah i mean um the, and the you know the thing with Zach Wilson too is he is you know just getting yourself clobbered is not great. But he went to a small time school. I mean it was D one, but like you know as to your point of Mac Jones is a little different. And he went to Alabama. You know the guy played in the biggest stadium with the biggest crowds in the biggest games. I mean maybe not last year with the biggest crowds with COVID and all, but I mean he's kind of used to that spotlight a little bit. Zach Wilson he didn't go. He wasn't playing the best competition. In the country, week in, week out, he what you know, and everybody knows in the NFL things move a little faster, and that's why a lot faster. That's why I feel like it's a good thing, as we we're saying, that Mac is taking his time to adjust to that speed. Versus Zach Wilson, as you said, he's kind of delaying his throws. He's hesitant. He's waiting too long, and it's like in the NFL, you wait a split second too long, you get an interception, and that's what's happening. It's not 
oh, you'll just throw it away and the guys won't get to it. No, it's like you wait too long. Someone's going to read your eyes and they're going to pick you off. Yep. Yeah. And if you're and if you're getting pressured all the time, that eye level comes down and it's hard to ever get that back up. Just ask David Carr. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mac Jones leaves a lot to be desired so far. Not killing the team, not exactly making all the plays in the world. But uh, one of the things that I think goes into the realm of, hey, Josh McDaniels is right to protect him right now. Coming up on the schedule, Saints, Buccaneers, big, big, giant games. Saints get pressure, plenty of pressure. The Buccaneers, we all saw it in the Super Bowl last year, what they can do to quarterbacks. Uh, some other big games coming up pretty soon. So trying to make him as comfortable as possible, you know, try to ease him in, uh, as it were, for some of these bigger games that are coming up. Let's take a look at, at some of the other games that happened last weekend. It was, it was a good weekend of football. I enjoyed myself. Uh, before we move on, I just want to mention, too, that Uche, man. Uche. That guy only Uche. seems to get in the second half. I mean, I know J.C. Jackson plays great and stuff, too. Or he played great. But Josh Uche, two, four sacks through two games or four and a half sacks through two games. When they get him in there, it's like I don't know why he's not a starting player because he is dominant. Yeah. yeah. And especially, I know he doesn't play the same position as Wise and Godshaw, but those two guys are getting way too much time. And then they're barely putting in guys like Uche. I'm happy to see Barrymore get more time. But he's got to be on the field. He is He is just an absolute force yeah. out there. So, and a yeah. playmaker, full playmaker. I agree with that. Also, I want to touch on J.C. Jackson. He's got 19 picks and 24 career starts. Just to put that in perspective, I know this guy is totally different kind of comfort corner. Yeah, well. Revis had 29 total picks and 142 career starts. Um, so this guy, I don't know. Uh, how you don't resign this guy? Um, he's not the best cover corner in the league, but if he gets his hands anywhere near the ball, it's an interception. Yeah. And he's got a knack for making those plays. Um, he had two in this game, uh, and also Jawan Bentley had a pretty strong game. Mm-hmm. Good call, good call. Yeah, Bentley looked much better to me. Uh, it got some confidence votes from the coaching staff afterwards as well. So games this weekend that stuck out. I mean, there's a handful of them. Uh, Right off the bat, we talked about Rondale Moore on this podcast in the spring, and holy shit, did he show up. Yeah. That dude yeah. is explosive for the Cardinals. They have uh, an entertaining game down there. Yeah. They have a lot of explosive talent on that team between uh, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, um, two running backs there. They got James Conner as a backup now, which is, I mean, you could do a lot worse than that. And then Kyler Murray, he had a really good first half. I don't think the second half was, was very good. Um, but, uh, I mean, right now you have to say that that whole NFC West Stack, is just, it's just as crazy. I, I really feel like this this year more than almost any other, there are divisions that are stacked and there are divisions that are terrible. Um, and, like, top to bottom. Yeah. I think there's, like, three divisions that are absolutely terrible and there's two or three divisions that are every team should be, you know, in the hunt. Yeah, no one's making should make the playoffs type of thing. Yeah, the Vikings go down in typical Viking fashion, hitting an extreme or missing an extremely makeable field goal as time expires. Yeah, to go zero and two, and they're uh, they're playing the Seahawks next week, I think. So that's a borderline must-win game for them at that stage. Elsewhere, <laughs> uh, in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz hurts both his ankles, gets knocked out. Jacob Eason comes in and and looks worse than a rookie. Looks horrendous for that immediate, team. Immediate interception. Yeah. So they go yeah. down to the Rams. 
in a game that I thought the Rams were going to handle more so than they were able to in that one. Buffalo goes into Miami 35 to nothing. Tua out with broken ribs. Been saying it, man. That's the knock on Tua. It's also, it could be a knock on Kyler. I'm not sure yet, but Tua for sure. He just, he gets yeah. hurt. Tua. Yeah, he's he's uh, made of glass. It's and tough honestly, to see them. Uh, again, Josh Allen was not good in this game. It, it was like 14 nothing or something like that for the longest time. It took him a long time to put him away. And um, I know it ended up pretty bad looking, but uh, Buffalo's not there yet. And Josh Allen is struggling. And Which is great. <laughs> it is. Keep but struggling. You look around this AFC, I mean, who's who's the favorite? You know, besides Kansas, it's, it's, well, I mean, the Raiders, you look at all these teams are flawed. Kansas City's defense is fucking terrible. I terrible. mean, they've allowed, they've allowed seven rushing touchdowns. They've, they've allowed the most yards in the league. It's almost 1,000 yards already they've allowed. It's wow. Not good. Um, you got the Steelers who are, are injured. They're falling apart. The Steelers have everyone injured. It's like Stephon Tuitt. They just lost T.J. Watt, um, who's top ten player in the league. Roethlisberger's uh, hurt. Couldn't you see that coming? T.J. Yeah, yeah. T.J. Watt sits out all of training camp and then immediately goes to playing 100 percent of the snaps. It's like that's it always just, happens. You're, you're asking they, for it. It lost always happens. Bush. Devin Bush is gone. I mean, their whole team's decimated. Their offensive line is atrocious. That's the thing is their offensive line is horrendous and they don't have injured guys that are going to come back and fix it. That's that's right. a per- permanent black spot on that team. And Roethlisberger isn't, he's not good enough to overcome that. So yeah, they're very, very mediocre. Vegas looks good. Vegas does look good. Vegas looks tough, Yeah, right? They look like a tough team. Derek Carr, yeah. I mean, he gets hit like every play, but he's, he sticks in there. He keeps throwing. He's, he's been throwing dimes this year. He's locked he's in. Been, he looks very good, um, and that defense looks good. Max Crosby, that guy's a player. I mean, right? Yeah. You know, you look past some of these guys, but Vegas has been for me like probably the best surprise of the season so far. I mean, it's early, so yeah, it's early. And then a, a couple of classic games later on in the day: Tennessee overtime victory over the Seahawks in a game they really, really needed to have after they looked they horrendous. They shouldn't have won. Did Derrick yeah. Henry have like a million fantasy points in this game? That that dude, he is a fourth yeah. quarter. Like he should have a stat for fourth quarter and overtime comeback wins. It should be, should. you know, they they have it for all the quarterbacks. Derrick Henry is that guy. He did nothing all game. And then no. to the point where my brother, who has him in fantasy, was saying he's debating on dropping him just because he was so pissed. And then by the end of it, he had like 40 fantasy points just because. Aaron? Jesus, Darren. Jesus he Christ. He just keeps running over people. It's crazy. You know, he just you know, keeps pounding the ball. He didn't do shit in the first half. I think it was a 24 to 9 game. Nothing. Like, nothing. Russell Wilson is just hitting Lockett on like 60 yard bombs. Wide open. And you think the game's over, and, and you think, man, Tennessee's really got some problems here. And then I don't know another team that I can recall in the last like 20 years that would run the ball like. 25 times in the second half down 24-9. Yeah, and right. win. You know what I mean? Like, and they'd win. And, and they won. And and granted, they got screwed on a bad call on uh, Julio Jones. Should have been a touchdown. Um, but they have some pieces there. And I, I just I, I think it's funny because down 24-9, they just start running the ball. It's like, who does that? Well, it just shows you how shitty Tannehill is. It, like, he is bad. I don't care what anyone says. They've got a decent offensive line. One of the best running backs in the league. Two of the best receivers in the league. It's like, he should be better. And you watch some of his throws, and they are fucking sailing. 
out there. Like, woof, dude. Well, who are you throwing to? Like, one of the end zone I saw him, and I was like, he was no one touching him, no pressure, and he just sailed it. I think over A.J. Brown said, and I was like, that is just not going to cut it. Yeah. Well, how did you get that con- contract over Brady last year? Jesus Christ. Unreal. And then uh, the most hyped game of the weekend, Chiefs going to Baltimore in what has become a, a like a yearly tradition of solid matchups here between Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. Lived yeah. up to the hype, big time. I mean, Chiefs are up big in the second half. Mahomes throws a back-breaking interception, and then it's all Ravens down down the road and oh, uh, they cash in. Yeah, right? Lamar, oh, literally. Lamar. I mean, that game wasn't really close. That really wasn't even a game until the fourth quarter. Um, Lamar just kind of took over and said, we're winning this one. It's it's such a tough way to win games, though, isn't it? Like Every time like that. He's going to yeah. get killed. He's going to get killed. Yeah, it's weird. 107 rushing yards, it's like, it's a lot. I like that kid a lot, man, but that's just a tough way to to consistently win games in the league, you know? Yeah, yeah. he needs more help on the outside. Marquise Brown finally showed up in that game in a big way, uh, which they've been waiting for for over maybe two years now. And, you know, Sammy Watkins, they got Mark Andrews, but, you know, their running back situation is terrible, and they – they're lacking weapons for Lamar, and it's funny because that's all they've been talking about his last couple of years is we're going to get Lamar weapons, and they tried this year, and everyone well, they got did. Hurt. They got everyone him. got hurt. They've been constantly drafting and and getting guys. You know, they had a million tight ends, fullbacks, which is I think fits them better than drafting an outside threat. True. Uh, you know, really, what what they should be doing. I mean, they've had some bad luck too. Let's be fair. I mean, J.K. Dobbins and. Um, Gus Edwards, both out for the season. Marcus yeah. Peters. Um, oh, was he out for the season? Peters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think their backfield is Tyson Williams and, uh, Jesus, is it uh, Latavius Murray? Latavius Murray. They signed him. He got a lot of carries right away as yeah, soon as they picked him up. I don't know, man. That uh, I don't I don't see them really being – I know they won this game, but that's uh, I just don't see it. Yeah, I see this game as an anomaly for them for this season. They're just – they're too hurt. They're too flawed. And – they were just it was, it was one of those just magical performances from Lamar where it's like you can't do it every week but man doing it on the biggest stage against the biggest team in the league that's that's pretty badass. Yep, and I'm very happy that someone handed Kansas City a loss. Absolutely. I mean, if they make the playoffs, he's got to be he's basically got to put himself in the MVP running. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely, no doubt. And then the other game, last game to to cover this week, Saints go into Carolina and lay an absolute egg after they were everyone's darling in week one. And this is relevant because next team on schedule for the Patriots, New Orleans Saints, you had to kind of know Jameis Winston throws for, what, five touchdowns in week one? You're like, is he's he can't be that guy every week. And sure enough, Saints only put up seven points against Carolina and just a really minus showing that kind of proves that Carolina's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Carolina has put together two solid uh, games Part of it, though, you know, defensive coordinator, they have, they have a good defense over there in Carolina. It kind of seemed like their whole game plan was, okay, if we can cover and shut down Alvin Kamara as best as we can, we'll have a pretty good chance at this. And it seemed like that's exactly what they did. They kind of took him out of the game for Jameis' security blanket and took him out of the run game. He had eight carries for five yards. He had four catches for 25 yards. You know, not Alvin Kamara numbers by any chance. And it seemed like that was it. That was all they needed to fucking do. Shut down their best player, and there was no one else. To- you can guarantee Mr. Belichick noted that exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, their receivers, you know, 
now that Michael Thomas is injured or suspended or whatever happened with the first <laughs> so many games, uh, until he comes back, you know, the talent on the outside, the dude Humphrey, I don't really know him much. Lil Chris Jordan. Hogan, we know we know what he can't do anything. Who? Lil Jordan Humphrey from Texas. Lil Jordan. Lil oh, Jordan. that's him. Lil Jordan, that's him, right. He hasn't done shit. Uh, the guy Callaway was supposed to be coming on last year. He hasn't done dick this fucking season. They're not good, and I can't wait till we beat the shit out of them. That's such a brutal sentence to say about somebody. Oh, man. Marcus uh, Callaway, don't listen to this podcast. Man, you just got burnt. I have a couple players, man. I mean, defensively, I think. They got good lines. Yeah, they're not the worst defensively. I mean, um, who is it? Jordan? Cameron Jordan they have? Uh, or is it Jordan Cameron? Marcus, I always get them Cam, confused. Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan and Marcus Marcus Davenport is a beast on the other yeah. the other uh, defense. Marshawn uh, Lattimore. Lattimore is a good player. Good yeah. um, who's the kid that made the Gardner Johnson? He got into a fight last year with that Bears receiver. He's a good player. Um, they do have some pieces defensively. or yeah. And um, last week might have been an aberration. I know they had uh, some, some COVID problems, like a big outbreak. Bunch of coaches uh, weren't there, uh, oh. so we'll see. I think it's a game we should win. Uh, but the one thing about Saints that's difficult to prepare for is Jameis will throw the ball deep. Um, that's kind of the thing he's known for, right? Like mm-hmm. he might throw a couple of picks, but he's going to stretch you. And then you have Taysom Hill. You have to pre- prepare for it too, which is I'm not too worried about that. It, yeah, but it's it's something that it's hard to different. prepare for. Preparing for two different quarterbacks like that, it's um, you know you got your you got your hands full as far as preparation. Yeah, I could see that. And Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the NFL, uh, so he's always going to have his team prepared unless his whole coaching staff is out on COVID. So expect it to be a, a respect conversation all week between Belichick and Sean Payton, and then uh, I, I know how much those guys care for each other. So it's it's going to be at least a mental battle. And then anytime you could walk into a game like the Saints can with that offensive line, just really stacked across the board. I mean, Ryan Ramchek might be the best right tackle in both Ron Armstead and Andrews Pete. Uh, they're really loaded up front there. And yeah. then with one of the most dynamic players offensively in, in the NFL, Alvin Kamara, it's really going to be exactly that same focus. What can we do against him? Kyle Duggar's got to come up big. I got to feel like he's going to be relied on to make a lot of open field tackles. Yeah. And then what we can do offensively, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, the, the Saints defense is one of those weird ones that has absolute stars and then just holes. They got like pocket holes here and there. Right. Like DeMario Davis is a stud middle linebacker, but that's really it at linebacker. So can you get one of those other guys in coverage on James White? That's got to be something we're going to try to game plan. I do feel like they're, the Patriots should have the edge in this game. Uh, Trent Brown is a limited participant in, in – uh, practice this week if he's back i'm all in i am all in yeah. if trent brown's back but that right tackle spot scared the hell out of me with those two edge rushers that the saints have yeah i agree i mean i think a lot hinges on the offensive line play from us also on the defensive line play who has been struggling i haven't been really impressed with Godshaw. i haven't been impressed with wise getting so much time as i stated earlier the jets game I want to see more rotation out of them. I want to see Anderson in there. I want to see Barrymore in there. I want to see Uche on the line. You know, put some playmakers on the damn field and let them go because we need it. But, yeah, offensive line, I mean, part of Mac Jones' struggles and hesitation is he doesn't probably doesn't feel super comfortable back there because his right tackle 
may or may not be getting mauled on every play. And on top of that, Isaiah Wynn hasn't been playing that great either at the left side. He's, I don't know what's up with him, if he's dealing with something or he's just knocking off some rust, you know, first couple games, whatever it happens to be. But, yeah, he, he, keys to va- victory here is that shut down Kamara and take your shots when you can get them on the offense. Try and don't let the game get away from you. Run the ball consistently. Set up play action, you know. You don't have to score a lot to beat them, clearly. What was it? The Panthers held the Saints to seven, yeah. and they scored 26. Yeah. They were beating you know? them 17 for a long time, too. Uh, last week, I kind of I'll let that go as an aberration just because of how many guys they had with COVID. Um, one thing I would say is I'd like the Patriots to control the run game against them and try to stop Kamara. I mean, obviously – that's that's the thing. If you can stop Kamara, then you have a you have a really good chance of beating these guys. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. One thing I do worry about right now is that this is almost a trap game. Uh, it feels the, like the a Bucks trap game, game, right? Because I think a lot of people. Are, I don't know if it's in the locker room, but outside the locker room, everybody is talking about everybody and looking past New Orleans. So I really hope that's not in the locker room. Well, you know. Speaking of that point, too, I completely agree with you. It seems like a trap game kind of for us because, you know, oh, what are the, what are, what's Mac Jones going to do against Tom Brady? It's like, oh, my God. But on the flip side of that, it seems like the Bucks are the ones that are – they're going to L.A. this week. That's a big fucking game for them in the NFC. I mean, L.A. is – the Rams are probably going to be there. At one well, of those it could be a trap that, game for the Bucks too, right? At, that's what I'm saying. They're they're one of those teams that are going to be there at the end. And you know Brady, you know you're hearing Brady's dad and his trainer come out and say, oh, you know we're done with the Patriots, all this other bullshit, whatever. Fine, I'm all good for some uh, some shit talking there. I think it's funny to be completely honest, entertaining. But the game's two weeks away, and you have a fucking huge game this week. So I don't yeah. know. I have, I have a better. I uh, I feel a lot better at Bill Belichick. Uh, limiting expectations and keeping people focused over Bruce Arians, to be honest. Like, I think Bruce yeah, they, Arians uh, probably feeds right into it. He's like, yeah, we're going to kick the shit out of the Patriots. And it's like, dude, you got another game this week. The the media fodder is definitely out there already. Hi. Uh, um, two weeks two weeks ahead of time, uh, Tom Curran's podcast, Tom Sr. went on and said, uh, or Tom Curran asked Tom Sr., do you feel like Bill forced Brady out of town? And he said, damn right. And yeah, said, damn right. Do you think uh, Tom thinks Bill forced you, forced him out of town? You said damn right. So yeah. you know it's uh it's maybe interesting. It's more about Belichick and not so much this team because it's a totally different. Half of them didn't even play with Brady. Half of them didn't even play with Tom at this point. Is Did you hear those comments, Granny? No. You should yeah. check them out. It's pretty funny. It's definitely entertaining. Okay. Uh, um, one thing I think is interesting about that whole line of thinking is that Bill forced Brady out, and it's like. I think it's kind of funny, you know. I don't. I expect Brady to be mad or disheartened by it, whatever. But it's you knew that was going to happen. You know, Belichick is notorious for getting rid of players before that last year, and I'm sure as a 43 year old quarterback, that's that it's never been done. What Brady's doing before he wanted to get him get rid of him years ago, years before he did when he when he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And then Jimmy ended up leaving in free agency because we traded him. You know, we could, we or yeah, we we couldn't. We get traded Brady. him because Brady was too good. And it's you know, I don't blame Belichick for being like, okay, you're 43, Tom. I, you know, how long can we expect you to be playing up to elite level? And I don't want to. De- he 
Bill basically didn't want to deal with a Peyton Manning situation for Peyton Manning's life. I think that's very apparent that he didn't want to go into the season season and realize, oh my God, my quarterback can't throw the ball at all. Even though we did it with Cam Newton, so I don't know at the certain point what you know splitting hairs there a little bit. But I don't necessarily blame him for that. But the thing that really surprised me about those comments is that Brady just went. He went somewhere. He got everything he wanted. He won the Super Bowl, and he they're still bitter about it. So I don't know if there's something coming out in the media or whatever or something. We're going to hear more. We're going to hear more. We are. But it seems that Brady really, really didn't want to leave. I think that's the most surprising to me. I was under the impression that Brady was like, you know what? I'm ready for something new. And that's fine. Bill wanted him gone. Bill wanted him gone. And it seemed like, remember that conversation they had in that February before Brady left where Bill really didn't give him much and was like, oh, we're paying you. We don't have any money. And Brady was like, well, screw this. It kind of seems like that conversation, if Bill was just like, yeah, Tom, we'll pay you, Brady would be like, all right, I'm all in. Well, seems, you know, I, I, the, the one thing I will give Belichick the benefit of the doubt here is the organization had kind of mortgaged its payroll, its its assets for years and years to kind of put winning pieces, even though, you know, they, they might not have been the most talented, Sony Michelle, they draft a receiver in the first round, just on and on and on. Um you know, acquiring wide receivers and veterans and um, from around the league. And it got to the point where our salary cap last year was so bad that it was bound to come a yeah. year of, of like a rebuild, a totally rip this thing apart and start again from scratch. And in a way, like I totally miss Tom Brady, of course, but it's we're, we're in a good spot now as far as um, our young pieces, our salary yeah. cap flexibility, and our quarterback moving forward. Yep, no doubt. Well, I downloaded that podcast, so I will catch up with that. Uh, so this game is in New England. Saints are obviously a dome team traveling uh, to. Do you remember the last time the Saints came to New England? This is actually interesting. Oh, so like six years ago? Did they kick the shit out of us? Eight years ago. No, this is, it was 2013. It was the game that Akib Talib shut out Jimmy Graham. Oh, right. And it went all the way to the end, and Brady threw an absolute perfect touchdown pass to Kenbrell Tompkins in the back left corner of the end zone. Yes, dude. Yes. That was one of the prettiest throws he's ever had. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Kenbrell Tompkins. Yeah. This is the rematch of that game. Get pumped up. Anyway, I think that judging from what I've seen from the Patriots offense, extremely mediocre extremely mediocre and this saints defense could take advantage of some of the weaknesses that that the pats have on the other side i think the patriots defense has the the upper hand in this matchup as well so i'm i'm predicting a lower scoring game i'm going 16 13 it's close one i like the 16 a lot of field Go. goals a lot of we just have not been we haven't figured out a single thing in the red zone so far i, I think, think we're gonna figure it out i think we're gonna figure out the red zone i think we're gonna go 27 to 13. Mm, okay. I'm going to go 19-10. Patriots. Wow. That's a cool one. I like that. Okay. So we're, we still we still feel confident. Uh, I think one other thing. Go ahead. Judon is the only one right now who's not practicing. Damian Harris is limited with his uh, finger. Um, Trent Brown's limited. And there was something wrong with Kyle Van Noy's throat, and he's a full participation. I just saw Judon listed today as a limited participant. Okay, okay. so he's progressing. Great. Great. Yep, totally. Okay. This weekend, I think we were just saying before we started recording that 
there's some lopsided games this weekend. I'm, I'm not as excited as I was for last weekend. There's a couple good ones I wanted to highlight. One of the weird ones that I'm interested in, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, we mentioned with all the injuries, the limitations they have on offense. Cincinnati looks like it has the worst coaching staff and they can't figure out what to do with their offensive line. I, I, that is a complete coin flip for me. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to go Cincinnati in that one. I think Pittsburgh's falling apart. Hopefully they can get T.J. Watt back. They'd be lucky. Um, Deontay Johnson, I know he had an injury scare with his knee in the last play of the game. Hopefully he plays. But uh, Cincinnati seems to be moving the ball pretty well. So I'm going to go Cincinnati. Is Big Ben playing? Do we know? Uh, He's got some kind of pectoral tear. I mean, if he doesn't play, I think it's the Bengals game to lose. But if he plays, I'll give it a... I'll give it to the Steelers, if, depending on what shape he plays. If he's like a shell of himself, then probably not. Yeah, well, he's already a shell of himself. He is. Yeah. Uh, we, we just mentioned this. Tampa Bay going into Los Angeles, play the Rams. This is, I mean, this is a massive game. What a matchup for week three of the season, especially yeah. with what Tampa's got coming up the week afterward. I feel like Aaron Darnold, Aaron Darnold, Donald, oh my goodness, I said it twice. Aaron <laughs> Donald has to take over this game for the Rams. It's either that or just Matt Stafford's going downtown at all times because the the one area that I don't love on the Buccaneers team are the quarterbacks. Oh my god, they're terrible. Yeah. Dude, they're terrible. I can, I you know, small prediction for the Patriots game, I can see us kind of opening it up against them just because their cornerbacks are terrible. They have a great yeah. front seven, great pass rush, but holy shit, Atlanta's almost won that game because their cornerbacks are so bad. This is uh, kind of a prematurely, um, I guess, my pick for the NFC Championship game. But it's really two ba- two very well-balanced teams. Um, I'm going to go with L.A. in this one. Probably a high-scoring game. Probably uh, 35-31. Yeah. I don't know who's going to take him. Yeah. I'm taking L.A. as well. I don't know the score. And both then, taking L.A. Wow. Both taking L.A. Yeah. Okay. It's in L.A. Yeah, it's in L.A. Afternoon game. Also in the afternoon, Seattle traveling to Minnesota in a game I mentioned before. The Vikings have had two heartbreakers to start the season. You can't go 0-3. You just can't do it. I, I don't know what to think. Seattle has been good, not great. They've been a little weird, uh, but they're coming off a tough tough break against the Titans in overtime. I'm leaning towards the Vikings. It sounds dumb. It sounds so dumb, and I know I'm going to regret yeah, it. But... I can see your thinking on that. I'm going yeah, to go Seattle uh, just because I... I kind of like the pieces more as far as defensively. But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think Seattle normally, but it's home for the Vikings and their backs against the wall. And they're not a terrible squad. So, you know, I can see the Vikings taking that. Okay. And then Aaron Rodgers traveling to San Francisco. Uh, Green Bay going in there at, I mean, they just coming off a, a drubbing of the Lions on Monday night. Rodgers and the Packers, one and one. San Fran's been playing mostly Garoppolo, little Trey Lance. I feel like Garoppolo just looks light years better than Trey Lance so far. But yeah, uh, it's an interesting matchup. It's one we've seen in NFC Championship games. Uh, it's one of those classic franchise matchups in this one. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. But I'm probably leaning Packers. Yeah, I'm going Packers. Uh, San Francisco's got some weird things going on with their offense as far as opening it up i think other than debo samuel it seems like a lot of pieces are struggling there a lot of their guys are struggling they lost most they're, still yeah, they're a good, running... very good defense but um 
running back situation is kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think Sermon's hurt. I want to say yeah, got a concussion. And then uh, they got some some kids in there that I I don't even know, which is weird because I watch a lot of college. Um, so yeah, Green Bay looked a lot better last week against Detroit. Yeah, uh, it came alive a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely a scoring fest, but they it was more like towards the second half they stopped letting Detroit score and they kept they just kept going. And uh, I think I think I'll go Green Bay in that one. Yeah, I think the the pack take that one. I feel like they usually own the Niners these days. Yeah, doesn't it seem that way? I don't know why, but it does. I don't know why. I don't know if that there's any truth to that at all. It could be the complete opposite, but I feel like the Packers have been kicking the teeth into the Niners for the past seven yeah, years. It, it'd be nice to see Kittle to get going, though. I mean, four catches for 17 yards. I don't even. How is that even possible? Wow, that's nuts. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, not too long ago, the the Niners <laughs> obliterated the Packers in the NFC champion, championship game two years that's back. That's true. That's true. It's a good matchup. Uh, those coaches know each other really well. I think they were both on the staff in Washington. What a ridiculously talented offensive staff they had a few years back when Mike Shanahan was the coach. Uh, Kirk Cousins was a the quarterback. They had Sean McVay on that staff, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan. They were just stacked. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and they sucked. Not that I'm terribly impressed with what you see week in, week out from Matt LaFleur. They were not good. Or his brother on the or Jets. Or his brother. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not, not Real so rough. Real rough over there. Although, I mean, he's not throwing the ball. Some of those throws, Jesus. Some of those throws. And we circle all the way back around to Zach Wilson and the shit show that was his week two performance against the Patriots. Extremely, extremely reminiscent of just about every quarterback that the Jets throw out there against the Pats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe worse. Might be the worst. I think he might have set the record over Darnold. I don't know. Darnold's was pretty bad. Oddly, oddly enough, Sanchez played fine. He played fine against the Pats. Sanchez was good until, I mean... The butt fumble. The butt fumble, The butt yeah. fumble. Broke him. Broke him. Broke him. It broke many a man. The <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> so, Pats are sitting here one and one. They get on the positive side of, of the win column uh, for the first time this season. We hope that continues this week. And then next week, we'll be back to wrap up this game look around the league and preview the biggest matchup years oh, tom brady coming to new england one of the biggest it. biggest matchups ever ever yeah. ever regular season right maybe I mean, the biggest like, regular season matchup of all time and what was it like when peyton played um indianapolis i think it, i don't remember but i remember it being big but it's not as big as this no that yeah. was much more amicable than this it yeah, was big this and, seems t- and is, this is 20 years. That was 15. This is six championships. That was right. It always makes me nervous talking about something two weeks away yeah. when we have the Saints. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Well, sometimes there is topics worthy about talking about two yeah. weeks in advance. Exactly. <laughs> okay. We can wrap it up. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See you. Adios.